Mark holds my in one hand while his fingers tease the air next to the of my I squirm, but his grip is strong. I tell him, if you me, I'm gonna He flashes me the devil's smile and my until I am and in tears. Listen. <laughs> I believe it. I do. That's cinema fucking verite. <laughs> today i am ready to talk about this little hot daddy we got (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad you said daddy and not zaddy but i still hate both those terms but i i I see it since our zaddy's episode this Uh is the first person where i feel it in my chest like i wouldn't give him zaddy he's definitely daddy no he's all of them (laughs) (laughs) he's one of the very few like He's one of the very few white guys that I look at and I'm like, daddy. Mm. For me, it's a, it's very, it's, it's, there's a lot that <laughs> you have like to... you're some kind of here. For me, the term daddy yeah. can only be applied fucking David Attenborough style. I, I love mean, it. you got to have, you know, you got to have definite spice, not just, you know, mm-hmm. maybe possible spice. Mm-hmm way down the line right. to get to daddy for me mm-hmm. so that's, <laughs> to that's, get to daddy that's uh, nicole perkins memoir <laughs> to get to daddy Ooh, um so <laughs> all that to say we are talking about mark ruffalo today listen oh my goodness he is just a well he's like he reminds me of of like money mm. specifically a hundred dollar bill that is crumpled up mm. So when you unfurl it, you're kind of like, well, it's a good day. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like Mark Ruffalo is a crumpled $100 bill. And I want to kind of like smooth it out. Yeah. I just spend it. And <laughs> Just go to town. That's that's what I want to do. I'll tell you that for free. Let me get five meals for this one hundred dollars. Let me let me let me see how many meals I can get out of this snack. You see what I did there? Oh, I see what you did. There. Thank you very I much. Like it, I like it. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo really does make me uh, very cheesy about like my fancy. I I old fashioned fancy him. I think he is the twin things that I find very important when it mm-hmm. comes to uh, fancying a person. Mm-hmm. I want to find their face and their general kind of physicality appealing. Mm-hmm. But I also very, very deeply want to find their skill attractive. Like I want it to be uh, so important that yeah. I'm kind of like overwhelmed. Like it's kind of like how you get like a friend boner when you see your friend doing something <laughs> really well. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you're kind of like, wow. Yeah. Like I know that person. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I love them and they love me. Yeah. That's how I feel about whenever I want to fancy someone. I'm like, yeah, I like your face. Whatever. It's fine. You yeah. know, everything's impermanent. Mm-hmm. You know, your body is just the shell that your soul comes in. Right. And so when I look at like skill level, I'm kind of like, rah, Mark Ruffalo, he can, he can act. I get that. Because, you know, like when my friends do something really well or something happens, I want to get them like a bouquet of flowers right. and stuff. Right. And then you see Mark Ruffalo and you're like, you want to get him a bouquet of <laughs> something else. Something else. <laughs> <laughs> what is I just imagine his poor, confused face. What is this? Uh, op- open the package, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Poor it's guy. my vulva <laughs> oh god <laughs> wow I need to take a silkwood shower because you just said my vulva and I gotta say I wasn't expecting <laughs> I, was, I 
because I'm picturing like me actually sending please, like please stop <laughs> stop picturing like, everything cupcakes no. with oh like the shape god. of my cooch oh on it. Oh my god! Okay, I'm actually. <laughs> I've actually, I've died and left the studio. This is my ghost talking. You've killed me. I'm sorry. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Mark, we're going to send you some cupcakes. <laughs> no, no, Don't open them. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this poor okay. embarrassed man. I'm ready. Okay, we're, okay. L- let's get started. Yeah, well, we're just going to get started. I think we already began this. Mark Ruffalo. Yes. Uh, you rang. <laughs> I'm here. Let me put my satchel down and begin the lesson. Uh, where do we begin with him? Where do you fucking end? Mate, here's the thing. There is something that I have fancied since I was very, very young. Like I don't mm-hmm. know what imprinted it on me, mm-hmm. but I know that I'm always here for a man who wears glasses. Mm-hmm. And there are a few people who can pull off wearing a pair of studious spectacles mm-hmm. quite like Mark Ruffalo. Mm. So there is this gif of Mark Ruffalo. I mm-hmm. do not know the origin, mm-hmm. but it's basically him reading a book topless in bed while wearing glasses. Mm, yes. I don't know the source. I've mentioned this before. I mm-hmm. don't know, but mm-hmm. I know that every time I see that gif, I have to stop and like watch it like work for like five or six revolutions. Then I'm like, all right, you've got a job. Go do it. Yeah. But I always stop and stare. It's the glasses. It's oh, the hairy chest. That pelt. It, you know what? It rivals Tom Selleck's. Ooh, from okay. when I was yeah, that's those are my okay. hairy chest dudes. Okay, <laughs> just kind of like it looks like someone's put like a bear skin <laughs> onto a human, <laughs> and I'm like I'm here for it. I'll take it. I never like hairy people. I'm not really into like lots and lots of yeah. hair, but Mark Ruffalo's chest hair is just mm, look at good. See, I think Tom's uh, chest hair is a little too thick for me, it but is, Mark's but I can is make perfect. It work. Yeah, Mark Mark's, Mark's is perfect. Yeah, and it's not just the hairy chest. No. It's the hairy forearm, the curl. You know, okay, you know how I feel about hair. I do know how you feel. You know, he's got what we call a lived-in face. Yes. You know? Yes. He Even when he was things. younger, he had kind of like an yeah. older-appearing face. Yeah. More mature. Yeah, and he's grown into it even mm-hmm. more. And with it has come things like he didn't have before when he was younger. So the gray hair, like he mm-hmm. has like, like little silver tendrils kind mm-hmm. of weaving their way through, which I'm very here for. I always, I've always fancied dudes with gray hair, like silver hair. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mark Ruffalo is doing that with some panache. Like yeah. he's just like leaning into his, you know, how old is he now? Like in his 50s? Oh, yeah, something like that. That. And he just looks like a good time forever yeah, and ever. Amen. Yeah. You know? Just hi, Mark. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what I also love is that he seems, for all of the fact that he has done so much over the years, mm-hmm. he always seems incredibly bashful to realize that people think he's a hottie with the yeah. body. Yeah. Because he, he is. He seems... Um, disbelieving like he you know he's a little shy he's a little like oh come on now but then also you know he's a family man and so i think part of that is like i can't talk about this stuff my My kids kids (laughs) my kids are gonna find this have some decorum and some cooth i will play a little clip that was coming from our own uh buzzfeed um and it's basically a clip of mark ruffalo reading thirst tweets about him and we're gonna put the video up on our tumblr he looks so embarrassed and genuinely (laughs) genuinely touched here's a clip Thirst, T H I I S. Thirst tweets. Daddy! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Use my face as. Trampoline. Thanks. Thank you. 
<laughs> I just remembered how sexy Mark Ruffalo is, and now I need to lie down. Take a little extra time for yourself. Listen. Aww, okay. <laughs> one more. <laughs> I hope destiny allows me to one day call Mark Ruffalo, Daddy, as a cigarette loosely hangs from my lips. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm flattered. <laughs> I'm flattered. Thank you. Thanks for that. Thank you. Precious. He is the most, like, he looks genuinely kind of scared and yes. bewildered. Use my face as a trampoline. You scandalized <laughs> Paul Mark Ruffalo. He's talked about um, when he first started acting, he was in a play when he was young, like in high school or something like that, and mm. he played Peter Falk as Columbo. <laughs> that's, oh my God, that's inspired. Yes. And that's how I see Mark Ruffalo is yes. like this hot. <laughs> Goofy Columbo, mm. you know, but like R.I.P. Piece of Fork, man. I, I mean, come on, but um, <laughs> imagine that. I, I'm I'm doing nothing but mate. That's all I'm thinking about. Shut down the session. I'm done. I gotta go. I gotta go write me a, a fucking spec script. But Mark Ruffalo was Columbo. Yeah, if if somebody wanted to redo Columbo and he was willing, because he I don't, he doesn't do too much television. He doesn't, but, sadly, you know. We could we could see him. We could. But I'm glad you brought up his early career because I saw Mark Ruffalo very early on, almost by accident. Mm. Um, he was in a Kenneth Lonergan uh, movie called You Can Count On Me. And mm-hmm. he played like a feckless young man. Mm-hmm. Kind of a dickhead. Mm. Um, someone who took advantage of his sister's um, general good nature. Mm. Um, was very much kind of like a bit of a wastrel. Um, and he's so good in this role. And mm. I think it's very interesting because when people think about Mark Ruffalo now, they see him often as this very responsible person. You know, he's often put in positions of like some authority, some mm-hmm. kind of like academic depth. Mm-hmm. And he started off on screen anyway in 2000, um, particularly playing this kind of fucking waste of a man. Mm. And I always love seeing like actors origin stories yeah. because for all of his horrible kind of like incredibly selfish behaviors the Mark Ruffalo character he's called Terry and he is basically uh yeah he's a waste man mm-hmm. but he's also incredibly hot like mm-hmm. I feel like if I was going to waste my 20s with anyone it would be <laughs> with, with him like I'd have a really good time and then look back on it and kind of be like what the fuck was I thinking for that entire decade <laughs> that's Mark Ruffalo in this movie like he's like this very kind of like He's so clearly very hot and he mm-hmm. has like a bit of a past behind mm-hmm. him. And you know he's going to get up to no good in the future. Like he's like a terrible character. But I really love Terry because Mark Ruffalo plays him so, you know, with mm-hmm. so much heart. So I'm always, like I said, the talent is the thing that shines out. And he's always had it in spades. And it does mean that he can actually, even though people don't really think about him that way, he's actually quite a changeable um, guy. He can play lots of different things and mm-hmm. play them very, very well. When he first started working with Kenneth Lonergan, Mark Ruffalo directed one of his plays. Oh. And when he found out that You Can Count On Me was going to be a film he was like well why didn't you reach out to me or whatever and Kenneth Lonergan was like oh you were a little older for this so they went around and they looked for people who were younger but then Kenneth was like actually Mark you may be a little older but you know what this character is about because you have the age and the experience that feeds into this character and Mark later went on to say that that's how he started getting more roles because people were like Yes, he's a little older than what we had in mind, but he really gets what this character is about. And I think that that is something that has helped his career. You know, he has that mature face or whatever, but it has really helped his career because 
youth is wasted on the young. And sometimes you do need that little bit of maturity, that experience to bring the character to life. It's not enough to have a pretty face. So, yeah, basically, when he talks about being a young actor, um, you realize that actually the the vibe that he gives off um, about being a little bit more. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Being a little bit more mature and being Mm -hmm. someone who I think it comes from like a very deep neurosis about himself as an actor. And it gives him this kind of like contemplative energy where he's always kind of everything seems like he's weighing something very seriously. Mm. There is a little clip of him that kind of gives you an insight into the kind of person that he is. And somebody's asking him, the interviewer is asking him about, you know, his days at acting school. And he went to Stella Adler. Mm. So he's one of those, um, you know, he's a he's a theater actor. Mm -hmm. And they're asking him about his time there. And I love his answer here because it's it's very self-deprecating, but it's also very funny and quite, you know, revealing of who he is. He was in the, the dressing room on the floor in tears. And I said, what is the matter? And he said, I can't find my action. <laughs> How long were you here for? So it was a three-year program, and I ended up staying for six years. <laughs> I love that so much. (laughs) It was three years, but to make sure the action really got into me, I stayed for six years. I thought that was such a revealing little comment. He's, you know, self-deprecating laugh afterwards. He's kind of like, yep, I know. I think that really feeds into him. He's someone who I think is a bit of a perfectionist. Yeah. And I think he really plays these roles that allow him to kind of show a little bit more complexity because he is himself thinking about the, you know, how complex these characters are. Yeah. And I think when you talked about that energy that he brings to the character, I think that's what helps put him in these kind of sometimes nerdy, uh, geeky, professorial Mm. um, Mm. characters. Like he was Stan in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And it's just so funny. He was, you know, he's the guy that's helping Jim Carrick's character erase all of his memories of the relationship. And at one point, Stan is with um, Kirsten Dunst's character, Mary, and they're having like a little thing. And (laughs) (laughs) Jim Carrick's character is losing all of memories and then he stops and so Stan is trying to figure out what to do and he's running around in his tidy whities just mm. in those glasses those yes. thick um, black glasses that yeah. you know signify nerd or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he just looks so adorable just a perfect little nerd moment of him just in in his little underwear in the glasses losing his mind because something a science experiment is going wacko this is bad this is very very bad news for my glasses okay Crap. Okay. What do we do? What do I do? What should we do? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I love that. I I think that he does that really well. I think you're right. The, half the character sometimes you think, is the character just the glasses? And then Mark's <laughs> like, no, no, I'm a little bit more than that. And I think a very good example of kind of having this intensity without the nerd glasses is in Foxcatcher, where he played an Olympian wrestler. Mm-hmm. And he he plays the brother of Channing Tatum. And they're both kind of under the spell of this weird kind of millionaire trainer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, he's so intense. And I really, something else that I thought about, because I was thinking about the transformation. And, you know, for all of the fact that he looks so rumpled and kind of has the professor look, he's not really like this built up. You know, you know what Channing looks like. Right, yeah. Mark doesn't look like Channing Tatum. Right. And they're supposed to play these two wrestler brothers, like these two athletes. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about um, uh, kind of bulking up to play this wrestler. Mm-hmm. And he talks a little bit about how competitive like some of the scenes got. And I, mm. I thought that was a really fascinating window. So this is from his Actors on Actors interview that he did with Jessica Chastain. Um, and she's kind of asking him about how he came to play the role that he played in Foxcatcher. And he's kind of explaining how he prepared I'm wrestling a lot with Channing in the movie, uh-huh. who's who's much bigger than me. So 
I had to put on some weight to uh, make that feel believable. So um, we did a lot of weight training and, uh -huh. uh, and a lot of wrestling training. Did you train together? Because you guys live in different coasts, right? Yeah, we started together, um, and then uh, they quickly realized that uh, Channing and I are the kind of people who, um, who don't know how to stop. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, and we're very competitive as well. <laughs> and so it would always end up with me getting uh, smashed. Oh, no. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I got my licks in, too. But <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Mark was actually a wrestler in high school. He was. And he quit wrestling in order to start acting. So yeah. he's he's pulling on some personal history yeah. to make that role it's happen. Fine. Wrestling's loss was uh, Hollywood's game. <laughs> and we, the first mongers of First Aid Kit, were very happy about that. <laughs> okay, take us down memory lane, Nicole. In the movie, the kids are all right. Listen. <laughs> I actually think it has been scrubbed from the internet. I'm not surprised. It's filthy. It's filthy. <laughs> okay. It's with his character and Yaya DaCosta. <sighs> Listen, all I'm going to say on that is representation matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, okay. When the movie came out, I didn't see it in the theaters. No. no. I was thirsty enough to go to the cinema. No. I was like, let me go watch this and pay some money. <laughs> I waited. I can't remember if I saw it on cable or if it was on a streaming service. Um, but I, whatever. I saw it. I did not know that this scene was, was about to happen. <laughs> no one did, mate. I mean, I saw it like before the scene starts, you know, uh, Mark Ruffalo's character and Yaya's character. They're dating, whatever, you know, flirting. Okay. Yeah. Okay, sure. I can handle this, said Nicole. Then, <laughs> later, after he learns that he has fathered some children um, through his sperm donation when he was younger, and he's telling Yaya about it. And then they start to do it. Yep. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is acrobatic. That it is. It is passionate. That it also is. I saw him in a way I had never seen him before. Then you could not unsee it. Oh, my goodness. And I know that at the time that it was on the internet, that mm. clip, that scene, because yeah. I looked for it again. Like, <laughs> oh, God. I can't keep rewinding this movie. So I'm just going to look for the clip on YouTube. And it was there. So it's interesting because he talks about on his first day of work. For that film, uh -huh. it was that sex scene. No. Yes. I'm just going to read a little bit. He gives a little background on that to The Hollywood Reporter. My first day of work, I had a sex scene with Yaya. I was thinking it would be something like us under the covers. I get to set and I hadn't met Yaya yet. Shit. We introduced ourselves to each other and the director, Lisa, said, the way I'm seeing this is you'll be standing naked in the middle of the room and you'll be <laughs> holding her while she straddles you and you'll be having sex standing up in the middle of the room, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Oh Imagine God. that is your first day at work. Do you know what? I could not be an actor. No. It would... I, I, I can't... I, oh, my God. I'm actually shivering thinking about it. Can you imagine? No. Oh, my God. I'm actually getting hives. This is... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm itchy. And oh. like he later says in another interview, he says he would rather die on camera than film a sex scene. So I'm going to play a little clip of that. I have died on camera. I'd much rather die on camera than do a sex scene. You know, it's... A room full of, you know, 20 of your closest stranger friends uh, <laughs> and another basic stranger and you take your clothes off and, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Wisconsin. Oh, nice to meet you. And whoop. 
It's very unnerving. Um, then you have someone telling you how you should be doing it better. Oh, God. Which is horrible even when you're in a room by yourself with somebody. <laughs> but when you're in a room with other people and someone's giving you direction on how to do a sex, then that also is very unnerving. And, oh. um, you know, it's, um, it's never really satisfying in the end. What can I say? I love that I absolutely love that the (laughs) thing about Mark Ruffalo and I think he keeps bearing it out which is also why I think when we talk about one of his biggest roles in terms of like audience reach Mm. which is playing the Incredible Hulk Mm -hmm. aka Dr. Bruce Banner is that he has this great um, ability to transmit the idea that I'm not entirely happy with the way things are but what are you going to do about it Mm -hmm. just fucking suck it up whatever Mm -hmm. And I think he plays, I think that really adds to the kind of like the weariness of Dr. Banner, this man who is, by all accounts, an absolute genius. You know, mm-hmm. he's this incredibly brilliant mind and he's, but he has this thing in him. It's, you know, obviously it's a classic Jekyll Hyde situation. Right. But it's that feeling of like the constant struggle of like, I want to act. I just want to act. I don't want to do the things that are like, you know, like I think he's obviously a good enough actor to understand that, you know, you've got to peel deep down to yeah. get the real performance, etc. Yeah. But I also love that he, at the, at the core of it, he always remains very human, kind of like, oh my God, it's embarrassing or it's this or it's that. And I do love that. I think it really kind of imbues his Hulk with like a real kind of like humanity where you're just going to see this big green thing. And, you know, when he delivers that very famous line, when Cap is telling Mm -hmm. him, you know, we could really use the big guy now. And he goes, you know, I know you don't like to get angry. And he goes, oh, that's the thing, Cap. I'm always angry. Right, yeah. And that felt like a real kind of like, it didn't even feel like that was acting. That felt like just life. Like he was like, oh, fucking hell, mate. Have you seen the news? Yes. (laughs) I'm always angry. And so many people related to that line. Because it's like you always have this thing bubbling underneath that you have to keep. Yeah, he does. You have (laughs) You have to keep under wraps. You don't know what you're doing. And you do? She's not in your head? I know you're angry. No, we're way past that. I could choke the life out of you and never change a shade. Um, Speaking of the Hulk Mm. and the Avengers and Marvel, Mark Ruffalo spoils the shit out of the movies. He is Mark Loose Lips Ruffalo. (laughs) There is not, like, I love watching, my favorite thing is watching his co-stars when they realize that he yes. spilled the beans. And they're like, fuck's sake, Mark. Yes. <laughs> he looks so innocent. Like, what? Oh, what? my gosh. I have the perfect clip. Excellent. From Good Morning America. This is July 2017. Okay. And he is he's going to spoil Infinity War. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want you to listen to how... He's with Don Cheadle. Uh-huh. And listen to how Don Cheadle tries to, like let it go and even the interview was like okay this is too much let, let me give you another question <laughs> oh god but mark it's just adorable that's true in marvel it, it doesn't end that well somebody always bites or gets really badly wait hurt. till you see this next one everybody dies do, 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 do. not everybody no is that no alien whatever can we rewind that part? Yeah, can we re- you'll cut that. That's part not. Out. Who, is there anybody in Infinity War you, you get to meet that you're excited to meet? Then am I in trouble? A little. <laughs> is Barry going to be mad at me? Dude, I don't. I just move on. I wouldn't try okay. to like. No, what's so, 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 our next question? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I, I would like to meet. It's it's really interesting because we show. I get the impulsive shoot, sometimes. It's fine. You're really fine. I get impulses sometimes. Oh. I was like, oh my God, if that is not the most Hulk thing. Oh. Bless his heart. I love how crushed he looked because Don Chilo's like, dude, 
<laughs> like, are you seven? <laughs> What's wrong with you? You can't. And I love it because he looks genuinely distressed. Like, oh, fuck. Yes. What did I do now? And this is not the first instance of this. I I, I guarantee it won't be the last. I think he just, he said he gets impulsive. He just says things. Everyone dies. Oh, my God. Mark, I love it so much. I love it so, so much. And I think that's also to kind of do a neat segue. It's kind of what sells him. Mm. In 13 Going on 30, which I know you haven't seen. No, not yet. But it's one of my favorite kind of, uh, like, you know, rainy Sunday afternoon movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he plays this, he he, he literally plays the boy next door. Um, and he it, there's a real kind of, you know, child, like a childlike uh, niceness to him. Mm. And that's not to say he's bland. He's just like a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, when kids haven't fully learned the the horrors of the world. Yeah. So they're still kind of open <laughs> and receptive. Yeah. He has that that vibe and I know the movie is obviously about Jennifer Garner who does an astounding job Mm -hmm. playing like you know a little girl in a woman's body but I feel like he also does a really good job of kind of retaining that boy next door like childhood feel Mm. um, in this grown up man so you get it and he's he's great he does it again in that movie Far From Heaven with Reese Witherspoon Mm. and he just has this ability like even when he's playing obviously a very you know a nonsense role in a ridiculous movie Mm -hmm. He makes you believe. Like, um, now you see me. Right. Talk about nonsense. Oh, my God. You know, I actually really like the first one. I haven't seen the second one. No, I, I was like, whatever. <laughs> but I like the first one a lot. And again, he was playing like this hot, magical Columbo, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. That's my kink. But I remember in the, because I saw this in the theater. And I was upset because I felt like they did him a little dirty in the makeup or something. Like, he had a lot of chap lips happening. Oh, it was distracting. <laughs> and I'm just like, get it together. Get this man some burts. I don't understand what's going on. But, you know, th- that movie is one of those things where you think you know what's going to happen. And then at the end, it gives you some shit you should have already known. Mm. You know, whatever. I can't necessarily recommend it. Mark, though, in this movie was fine. Serviceable. <laughs> sure. That's what he was. <laughs> um but again he just you know he can't always have these stellar roles these oscar winning you know emmy award nominated roles or whatever he's he's been nominated enough and he's won enough (laughs) like it's fine (laughs) you know it's all right babe you don't you you don't always have to do the awards fodder and the thing you know Marvel is taking up a lot of his time. It is. He'll be free soon, though. Soon. Yeah. yeah but like the last four to five years of his mm-hmm. filmography is Marvel and yeah. is, is the Hulk. And I'm sure he's he might be a little tired. He might be a little tired, but at least, you know, he's wealthy. Uh, yeah. and he's <laughs> living a good life. Listen, I can take listen. My insomnia would be so much better if I was also stinking rich. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, that's true. You that's know, true. and it means that he can take like really lovely holidays and spend mm-hmm. time with his family. And speaking of that, he you know, we don't often talk about first objects like relationships and whatever. But I think that there is a very endearing part of, of Mark Ruffalo, which is that he's so plainly loves his wife like mm. he put she's called sunrise which already i'm like mm, i love it i love i <laughs> love and sunrise listen i love when white people have names like sunrise because i'm kind of like i bet you have like jute handbags and like you know fake whatever like i just i love it so much so yeah but he loves his wife and he mm-hmm. talks about and there is a really great scene because you know the, the thing about mark ruffalo is there is you know, a surprising amount of tragedy for someone mm-hmm. so successful. Mm-hmm. His his younger brother, who he loved very deeply, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, was shot and killed mm-hmm. in California. And I think it really kind of, that was the point where I think Mark himself had said that he was going to quit and just walk away and yeah. just kind of be done with it. Yeah. But prior to that, he, <laughs> the doctors found a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. 
just chilling. It was benign. Yeah. But he had to have surgery and the surgery resulted in paralysis in his face yeah. for like a year. And loss of hearing in his left loss ear. Of, like there's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was something very, um, he seems like someone who kind of takes it all and kind of like, well, how can I make the best of this shit situation? And yeah. there's a really great interview um, that he gives a- about this where he talks about discovering he had the brain tumor and basically having to tell his wife. And it's really something... All I'm going to say is, if you can get through this life with somebody that you love and who loves you back, mm. my God, hold on to it. Yeah, it was very scary. And my wife was, my wife, my partner, my pal. Uh, and you just been, you just, you hadn't been married that long? You had a kid? We, yeah, we're, we're, she was pregnant. She was, she was, you know, due. Basically, I found out and then our baby was born two weeks later. Our son, Keen. And I... I didn't know what to do. I, I couldn't tell her. You know. You didn't tell her. No, uh, I didn't know how to tell her without making her afraid. Uh, and so I just waited until after. So you were sitting on this in your head for a month. I, I thought honestly, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and so when my son was being born, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was very loaded. The tumor was benign. But the surgery to remove it left one side of his face paralyzed. You didn't know how long that was going to last? No, and it lasted a long time. It lasted to the point where they were saying, you're probably not going to get your your face back. And there's a bit where he talks about when he discovered that he could move Mm -hmm. his face. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love, like, even in the retelling of it, you can imagine his excitement at the time of kind of like, oh, my God, the feeling's coming back. Then one day, after almost a year... I was looking in the mirror, you know, and I was trying to move my face. Mm-hmm. Just a little... Just something. I was like, baby! Baby, I can move my face! It's unbelievable! You know, and, and she's like, and I showed her, and I'm like, look, look! And she burst out in the tears, and we both burst out in the tears, and, and, that, and then it just slowly started to come back. <sighs> I just... When he says, baby, I'm like, why am I single? (laughs) It's so good. He's so precious. He is the most precious. He's a little doll baby. Um, his family stuff, you know, he's so good with his kids. Like he's, he, you can see him, he takes his kids out all the time. There are a lot of shots of him with his kids from paparazzi. And of course their faces, the children's faces are obscured, but He's such a good dad. Do you know how hot that is? (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a perv. But if you are a parent, this is for women as well. If you're a good parent, that's half the battle, man. I'm in. I'm in like Flynn. (laughs) I just, I appreciate it so much. Because you know what? Anyone can have a kid, okay? As Chris Rocks have memorably said it, even cockroaches have babies. But I feel like it's, but it's true. Like this is the most basic thing. But I think if you are a good parent and it, it... it kind of shines out and it's apparent mm-hmm. that just seems to me to be something that is inevitably just very hot and very endearing and I will think about you very you know <laughs> affectionately <laughs> in adult ways if you are good <laughs> with your children so shout out to you Mark Ruffalo <laughs> you good father you We've got Mark with the glasses, mm. 
looking studious and hot. Yes. We've got Mark with the nervous but committed energy, uh-huh. infusing his characters with life. Yeah. We've got Mark, the good father, yeah. good partner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all through this, Nicole, yeah. he has chest hair. Chest hair. Just the right amount. Um, or I'm here. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> The curls. the curls. Oh, the salt and pepper curls. Sometimes you know, he that, has that, a beard. That Italian curliness. Bitch. You know, the whole North African migration Listen. stuff that be popping all up and through Shout there. out to the Moors. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Shout out to the motherfucking Moors. They just sprinkle their DNA just in that part of your They're like, there you go, some spice. Eat it, bitches. I love that. Uh, but yeah, he does look, he, he has a very specific look. It is mm-hmm. very kind of rumpled and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of lived in. Mm-hmm. But also, it's, you know, it's uh, you want to have lived in the life with him. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> I just want to spend some time, Mark. Can't you just see, like, being in a cabin? Bitch, yes, I can. Yes. I'm in the cabin right now. Yeah. Only like, my body There's like here. a little boat, you know? Yes. And, oh, right. Yeah. There's a little jetty. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> oh, mate, I, I, I've imagined our lives together. <laughs> I've named our kids. I would even let him have a dog. Do you know what? That's the highest fucking thing you can offer yeah. a man. <laughs> Everyone knows. Yeah. I'll let you have a dog, she said. Oh my God, he swooned. <laughs> I just feel <laughs> I just feel that in as much as we talk about, you know, having specific kinds of like Hollywood role models, mm-hmm. I'm not obviously Mark Ruffalo ticks many of the boxes. For one thing, mm-hmm. he is a straight white man. But he also has something a little bit more. I think part of that kind of comes from him being a little bit, you know, a bit self-effacing, a little bit kind of like aware. He talks right. a lot about how the tumor helped him reevaluate stuff. And mm-hmm. he talks about how his brother's horrible, untimely death mm-hmm. also helped him kind of reevaluate stuff. He talks about the support of his family. Mm-hmm. He talks about, you know, and I think that really has made him, I think being that close to death and coming out the other side of it has made him kind of step into himself a little bit more where he's kind of like, what's the worst that can happen? Right. I had a fucking brain tumor and right. I'm fine now. Right. And I think, you know, when, he, when I see him talking about different causes you know he will talk about his anti-fracking stance mm-hmm. or you know water you know water protectors and all that stuff and mm-hmm. I think to myself well you know people often talk about Hollywood stars kind of putting their noses where it doesn't belong and just yeah. acts you bastard and blah 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 yeah. and I think well you know what here's someone who understands the power of their platform right I mean he does fuck up he does fuck up he he is was a 9-11 truther yeah like he hasn't really talked about it since Not 2011 right um, and he's involved I think in the casting um, for uh, trans actors yeah and that's where I'm kind of like mate do you know what you talk a good game but relax yeah. like, step into this fully yeah. come the fuck right, on right right it's the actions that right, matter right and I think you know my hope is that he is also taking a step back and reevaluating some of his shittier decisions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I am grateful that someone like that exists and he seems like somebody who genuinely just is kind of like what's what can i do here that will reduce harm mm-hmm. or you know at least make it better for something and i think a lot of the time there are lots of people who just say stuff and it's like nah just shut up yeah and that's not to say he is blameless as we've pointed out right but my hope is that like all of us he's striving to be better mm-hmm. and to be to do better mm-hmm. and we can only live in hope in the meantime i'm just gonna you know be in the corner thinking about that scene from the kids are all right because yeah. that's gonna get me through winter mate Listen, I'm going to find, if I have to, like, film it off of my off the TV with my phone, I'm yeah. going to get that scene back in my life. <laughs> you sound like a really determined, like a little toaster who could. I'm going to get that scene back. I am. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo, you little tushy. <laughs> oh, my God. 
God. You look like such a dirty auntie. I feel that way I right know. now. It's, my it's the Ruffalo effect. Yeah. Yeah, he just makes it like, it starts off very, very genteel. Yeah, he seems like an, a professor. Great glasses. Yeah. Also, I would do it on a sofa with him in the middle of the room. What? Yeah. That's Mark Ruffalo. That's his, that's his appeal. Basically, we see Mark Ruffalo as this kind of uh, incredibly tender, supportive, haughty. Yeah. Uh, in the words of Jess from New Girl, a hottie with a body. Um, <laughs> and I really, I, I think that in writing this week's Drabble, I was really kind of thinking about how to kind of encapsulate this kind of caring, you know, very supportive mm. vibe that he gives off. Mm -hmm. So I really went for something that was very much a case of, you know, Oh, I've been waiting for you to come, like, help me through this rough patch. Aww. Yeah, I know. I'm a cheese ball. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's literally... I, I don't know what you've got in store, and I'm already scared, but I'm going to yeah. read my... <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> I never know. All I know is that there is a glint in your eye that started when you suggested sending off cupcakes with your Volvo to Mark Ruffalo. And I don't know where it's going to end, and I'm scared but excited. I'm really here for it. There are no cupcakes in my draft. Oh, I'm so pleased to hear that. But already, you know, this is like securing the gate after the horse has bolted, but sure. I'm going to start off reading my drabble. Yes, go ahead. And you will yes. follow up with, with whatever filth that you've cooked up. It's not bad. Sure. <laughs> All right, let's begin. Outside the hotel room window, the rain lashed hard. It matched my mood, riled up but impotent with it. I was at the stage of edits and rewrites that necessitated a highlighter and an angry red pen, and scattered around me were pages and pages of the evidence, marked with generous crossouts and margins filled with barely legible scribbles. This play, like all the others, would end up arriving into the world via very messy delivery. I was hungry, promising myself a steak for when the manuscript looked healthier. When there was a sharp knock at the door, I was tempted to yell a rude dismissal, but basic good manners won. Instead, I tied the thick hotel robe more securely at my waist mm -hmm. and clomped to the door to open it, a fake smile already plastered on. The words to politely decline housekeeping died in my throat when I opened the door. There stood Mark, curls dishevelled, a tired smile on his lips. <laughs> I launched myself at him before he'd even had a chance to prepare, kissing all over his face in sloppy welcome. I thought you couldn't make it, I said breathlessly after releasing him and pulling him into the suite. Well, I couldn't, he mumbled slowly as he shook his head of the lingering rain. His hair was longer now, with more grey and as curly as I like it. <laughs> but then I could, he continued. You're only here for 48 hours, so here I am. I beamed at him and he smiled back. Gesturing at the papers on the bed. Knots? he asked. I ignored his question and picked up the phone. Have you eaten? I said. His hand snaked around my wrist and gently placed the receiver back in the cradle. His voice was suddenly deliciously closer. We'll eat later. God, I feel like we need like sheets hanging from the walls and like candles lit <laughs> and rose petals strewn about. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you caught in the 90s? What the fuck? Yes. We need to make this look like Prince is in here recording a song. <laughs> oh, God. Release the doves. <laughs> cool, cool. Oh, God. 
kind of filthy dove did you bring into the studio? <laughs> dove sounds like it's seen some things. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, well, I'm ready to hear your drabble. Wait, okay. So, again, we are two... Our minds are doing something together here. I love it. You'll you'll see. Jim and Spock. Jim and Spock. And then, um, okay. So I decided to look at Mark's, you know, hot, disheveled professor kind Mm. of thing. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, God. I'm already (laughs) cringing. (laughs) Okay. It's not bad. I promise. Sure. I believe you. Mark nestled into the couch. Scripts and notebooks and paperbacks building a moat of creativity around him. His glasses constantly shifted homes, sometimes resting on the bridge of his nose or holding back his hair or tucked in the collar of his shirt. Yes. He looked like an English professor in the middle of restructuring his entire course syllabus. He'd been staying up late, researching a part, trying to decide if the character spoke to him. Looking at him, murmuring lines from the script to taste them, I decided I wanted to give him a good night's sleep. I approached him, and maybe he could tell by the way I stood waiting for him to notice me that this was more than a snack break. (laughs) Oh, my God. He looked at me and pushed aside the papers immediately surrounding him. I put my knees on either side of his hips and filled my vision with his face, his lower lip shaped into a smoker's pout. Do you know what? I leaned down for a kiss and placed my hand on his neck. He preened for me showing off the sturdy column of muscle and flesh that held the shimmering throb of his heartbeat, stretching until my hand was in the position he liked best. (laughs) Just before our lips met, he smiled. This bitch said snack break. (laughs) (laughs) This reminds me of my favorite listener tweet. I just called Nicole. It is very, very plainly, this kinky ass bitch. And that's how I feel every single week. (sighs) <sighs> wow man listen <laughs> mark we're never gonna try and break up your happy home <laughs> never but, but ever. i will say that if you are a listener and you are either yourself a mark ruffalo lookalike mm. <laughs> or you've got a friend who looks like mark ruffalo mm. or a brother or an uncle or someone if you don't send him in to first aid kit are you even a faithful listener listen just put little holes in the box and ship them <laughs> I'm so glad you said holes in the box. I don't know what the fuck that was going to turn into. I'm here for it, though. Um, yeah. yeah. I just, I have so many feelings about Mark Ruffalo. And uh, this drabble helped me explore some of them. And yours yeah. also helped me explore some of, some other ones. <laughs> English professor and shit. What? Oh, yes. my goodness. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Ooh. anyway, we'll let this yeah. marinade. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to fucking marinate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm just I, I want to lean into the marination mm-hmm, uh, let it wash mm-hmm. over me and flavor me from the inside out eh. oh, it's too much <laughs> is it is it though said the lady who talked about fucking snack breaks I don't think so <laughs> my knees straddled him anyway <laughs> anyways you can vote for your favorite travel I will put it up on our Twitter which is at first aid kit and you can pick which drabble you preferred. But of course, as we say every single week, mm-hmm. Nicole. We are all winners. Yes, we are. We we do this for you and for ourselves. <laughs> Clearly. Some weeks more than others. <laughs> Blimey. Man. Um, but yeah, so just, you know, vote your heart's decision. But know that there are no losers. Amen. Thursday Kit is produced by us, Nicole Perkins and Bim Adonmi, 
Julia Furlan, and TK Dutess. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at Thirst Aid Kit, and we're at TN Whiskey Woman, that's Tennessee Whiskey Woman, whiskey with an E, and Bimadu. Plus, we're on Tumblr at thirstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. Please come thirst with us over there. For our Thirst Sommelier service, call and leave a brief message on 765-884-4778. That's 765-8-THIRST. Non-U.S. listeners can send us a short voice note via email at thirstaykit at buzzfeed.com. Please head over to Apple Podcasts uh, to rate and leave a review. Honestly, it really helps other people discover Thirst Aid Kit. And if you love us, please feel very, very free to give us five entire stars. If you live tweet your listen, please use the hashtag TACPOD, that's T-A-K-P-O-D. And you can send us emails of love and affection at thirstaidkit at buzzfeed.com. Don't forget my H. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bugbear. Uh, We'll be back next week with new thirst objects and more thirsty analysis. Please stay limber. Remember, uh, you've got to keep the muscles loose. Um, I suggest, personally, I suggest Pilates. Um, But we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Amen. All right. And just like it's tushy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>